Hallelujah. Hello, hello, everybody. Hey, why don't you stand here just for a moment? This is the greeting I received from your pastor this morning. He was looking for my blue blazer. But do you know, I came in a suit. Look at, look at this. Have you ever seen anything so handsome? What happened, what huh? happened to your skinny jeans? <laughs> my skin, the skinny jeans are gone. Huh? They're gone for good. Praise the Lord. God bless you all. You can be seated. What a treat. Uh, for Heidi and I to be here, and uh, indeed we love you lots. Uh, God loves you lots, and we do too. And uh, we're just so excited that you're planted in this place where you can receive the love of the Father, you can love one another, and uh, we can love our world around us. So God's got great assignments for Heart of the Bay, and uh, I'm just so happy to be an extension of your love and life in the nations of the world. So thanks for uh, giving to your local church. And your faithfulness here and what the Lord's doing is just so very, very beautiful. Uh, As your pastor said, I've just come from uh, the Middle East and uh, we're so thrilled. We flew in 35 uh, leaders from Egypt. We've uh, brought in by bus over 100 leaders from Syria. We housed them, put them in different uh, hotels and fed them and had a great conference there. And um, just tremendous uh, kingdom fiesta events. Many, many people are coming to the Lord. We're in the Syrian refugee camps in the Bekaa Valley. Uh, it's amazing going into the refugee camps and sitting in these refugee tents and meeting with Muslim Syrians who've put their faith in Christ. It's, uh, it's indescribable. And uh, to see them being discipled now in the love of the Lamb is a beautiful, beautiful thing. So thanks for having a heart for us and uh, your, your, your prayer is making a big, big difference. We have 240 students uh, in our program called Springs of Life uh, in Beirut, Lebanon. Most of them are, uh, if probably 95% are Syrian refugee kids, Muslim kids. You ought to see them worship Jesus. It's absolutely beautiful what the Lord's doing. So that's an everyday program there. It's a thrilling, thrilling thing. So we're just thankful. We're thankful for open doors. We're thankful for favor. None of this was ever really planned or thought out. This just kind of uh, happened through interruptions. I think uh, many times the way God leads us is not through necessarily what we orchestrate. I think it's the the mystery of Christ working uh, in, in the difficult points of our lives sometimes that opens the door. So when I think of the 35 years of mutual faith, Heidi and I, we were just kids. When we started, we were uh, lived our first uh, year overseas, uh, first year of marriage. And I was working with another organization called Africa Enterprise. I started full-time in ministry after I graduated from college in 1979. And I started in September 1979, so that's 40 years ago. And you think 40 years, you know, most people, you know, like to just have a house on the beach and, you know, be retired or have a pension. But since I don't have a pension, I'll keep on preaching. Hallelujah. (laughs) Uh, But the beautiful thing, people always say, Keith, what compels you to carry on? What compels you to do what you do? What compels you to go where you go? What compels you to keep building? What compels you to keep buying and establishing teams all over the world? So I want to talk to you today how to stay motivated 
motivated in life and ministry. I think there's a lot of people, a lot of Christian people who get disillusioned, get frustrated. They, they feel lonely. They feel isolated. They feel like they'd like to, like to like call it quits. They'd like to go into spiritual retirement, so to speak. In fact, a lot of times when I'm preaching in America or even other places around the world, pastors say, Keith, how can I get my people motivated to, to serve? How can I get my people motivated to come to church? You know, the statistics now... People say they're church members and faithful if they go like once every three weeks or once a month kind of thing. People say, how can I get people compelled uh, to go uh, and, and share their faith and share the love of the Lamb? How, how, do, how do we motivate people, uh, you know, in their marriages? How do we motivate people? So I want to share something with you today that I think will thrill your spirit. And it all has to do with understanding the love of the Father. Last time I was here a year ago, I taught you on, on the idea of the gift. It was the verse in 2 Corinthians 9.15. In fact, I want to start there just to kind of give you a, a platform for how I want to teach today. But it basically was this verse. You may remember the teaching. Thanks be to God for His indescribable gift. I told you that the gospel, really, the gospel of the Lamb of God is all about gift. The gospel has nothing to do with you being better. The the gospel has nothing to do technically with morals. The gospel has nothing to do except with gift. Thanks be to God for the indescribable gift. The gift of God in Christ changes everything if you know how to receive a gift. So I brought a couple little uh, boxes today to illustrate a point. This cardboard box that I got from our office is just a typical little cardboard box. You ship it, you put a label on it, you know, and it goes through the beating of a life. Whether UPS, FedEx, or the United States Postal, it's it's marked up. This represents your human life. Your human life usually is very labeled. Your mama said something about you, your daddy said something about you. Your first wife said something about you. Your second wife said something about you. Your third wife said something about you. huh? Or your boss said something about you. Or your friend. You're, you're, you wear labels. Some people wear their labels on their body. They're called tattoos. Huh? They got labels of this girlfriend, that girlfriend, this vision, that vision, right? All kinds of things. People label themselves in their mind. This is why the fight uh, for motivation rests strictly in your soul. Based on what you label yourself or the way you see yourself. Most people, even Christian people, most people only know themselves according to the flesh. That's why you're always trying to fix yourself. That's why you're always standing in front of the mirror. Thinking, dear God, I got an age spot here. Dear God, I got a wrinkle here. Dear God, I need this. Dear God, I need that. Huh? Uh, So most people only know themselves according to their markings. According to their labels. They know themselves according to the flesh. But the Bible teaches you not to know yourself according to your flesh. Because if you know yourself according to your flesh, you'll never understand the righteousness of God. The righteousness of God is only gifted. The righteousness of God is never earned. It's never by merit. It's never based on what you do. It's never based on being good. It's never based on being moral. The righteousness of God is granted as a gift in Christ Jesus. And so this verse says, thanks be unto God for his indescribable gift. The gift is Jesus. And when you receive the gift, the gift wraps you. When the gift wraps you, you don't know yourself according to yourself. You know yourself according to the gift, which is Jesus. See, Jesus is God's view of you. 
God never knows you according to yourself. God knows you according to himself. Somebody needs to say hallelujah, huh? This is the beauty of believing. You are in the gift. The gift is in you. This is the new covenant revelation Paul had of being in him. You are gift wrapped. God's view of you is never according to the labels. God's view of you is never according to your addiction. God's view of you is never according to your sin in the flesh. God's view of you is according to the righteousness of Jesus. You, uh, go ahead, give the Lord a shout. Amen. You are gift wrapped. Now, as long as you are in this earth, you have to understand and see yourself daily according to this because you'll be tempted according to look at yourself according to this every day of my life I can feel the pain of life I can feel the pain of my circumstances I can see everything in my natural life that is wrong I have to choose to see myself in Christ and live according to this the nature and life of Jesus Christ and see others in the same way if you live this way you'll live judgmental You'll judge yourself. You'll pick yourself to pieces. You'll pick your spouse to pieces. Turn to your neighbor and say, thank God that's not you. Hallelujah. Huh? Uh, you, you, you'll pick, you'll be judgmental to everybody around you. You'll know people according to their sin. In fact, you'll preach to people according to their sin. That's why I never preach to people according to your sin. I preach to people according to your righteousness. I tell people about their redeemed innocence in the Lamb. It's the gift that makes everything right. God gave Jesus as a gift to you. And then Jesus gives you as a gift to God. Jesus re-gifts you. You're gift worthy. Your value to the Father is immense. It's indescribable. You're His best. You're His choice. And this isn't some wrapping that you can just rip off. When God wraps you, He infuses you. You're like shrink-wrapped. You, you, can't, you can't get the wrapping off you. The Bible says a believer is one spirit with the Lord. It's part of the mystery of Christ that's totally indescribable. And that's what makes it beautiful. And this is why you get intoxicated, so to speak, with the love of the Lamb. And this is the place you find your movement and your momentum and your creativity and your provision. Now go with me to what I want to teach. Are you glad? I want to share something with you. This is cool. Now go with me in your Bible to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 14. Paul says this, For the love of Christ compels us. Let's pause just for a moment. The love of Christ compels me. The love of Christ compels me. Notice what Paul did not say. My love for Christ compels me. That's good. Yeah. 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 He's not talking about his love for Jesus. He's talking about Jesus' love for him. This is why I like to teach. Most people get so frustrated with themselves because they don't think they're hot enough and fiery enough and turned on enough and love God enough. Listen, stop thinking according to your capacity. Think in the framework of God's view of you. God loves you completely. There's no disappointment in the Father concerning you. That's why he'll wrap you. 
He'll take you as you are with all your brokenness and all your pain. Your faith welcomes the beauty of the Lamb. And He wraps you to a place where He loves you deeply. And it's the love of Christ that compels you. So Paul said, the love of Christ compels me. Compel, in other words, motivate or move you. What, what motivates you in love? What, what moves you? What moves you as a believer today? What, what moves you in our culture? When our culture and society, everything is shifting. Everything is changing. Everything is non-binary now, huh? Listen, Jesus is binary. Jesus is fixed. He's the constant. You know, he's the one that never changes. He is the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. And you have to fix your heart in the thing that's fixed forever. It's the love of Christ for you. The love of Christ compels you. How do you know that? Because, he says, we judge thus. In other words, you make a decision. Every day and throughout my day, I'm making a decision. I'm making a calculation. The calculation is always the revelation of the Lamb. What is the calculation? That if one died, then all died. Who's the one who died? Jesus, the Lamb of God. Do you know that God saw you in Christ at the cross? Now think of that. God saw you in Christ... At the cross. You died with him. Paul said it this way. I am crucified. I have been crucified with Christ. Yet I live. But not I. But Christ lives in me. And I live by the faith of God. I live by the faith of the Son of God. I live by the faithfulness of the Son of God. Who loved me. And he gave himself for me. When you believe that you were included in him in his death and his burial and his risenness, when you believe you're that loved and that redeemed and that forgiven, you'll be compelled. This is the way I find motivation in life. I take time to be loved. This is the way I look at every impossible circumstance in my life. I fight it in the love of the Lamb. I position myself in the reality I died with Him. I was buried with Him. I was raised with Him. I'm now seated with Him. It's the beauty of believing, friend. And every marking that the flesh has given me, every, every marking that sin has marked my soul with, which is a boatload of them, is all wrapped in the love of God in Christ where there's never a remembrance in God's heart concerning me. He sees me as righteous as Jesus himself. And this is the beauty of believing. This is the beauty of being compelled. Now, when I live in my mindset this way, in the flesh, which happens like every day, for a moment or two or three, or sometimes three, four, five hours, sometimes half the day, sometimes all day, Sometimes I don't live gift-wrapped. Sometimes I live very soulish. I know none of you do. This is why I like you all so much. You all have such character and such discipline. But let me tell you about this gospel preacher. This guy is wrapped in humanity. My faith sees me here, but sometimes I don't walk in faith. You know, it's a faith for your righteous position. You wake to righteousness. 
And then you sin not. The whole key is awaking to the realm of righteousness and being loved. The love of Christ now compels me. So the temptation in our lives, in our regular routine of life, is living according to the mindset of the old man or living to the reality of your new man. Clothed in Christ, or what I like to say is gift, wrapped. Jesus, the gift, wraps me. My identity is Jesus Christ. So, my natural man isn't compelled to do much. Let me, let me show you a couple of things in the scripture that Jesus suggested that you could be compelled with. He says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 41, Whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too. What a bummer. You know, this guy doesn't even want to go the first mile. I'll tell you what, this guy doesn't want to help nobody. And and I'm in the ministry. My natural man doesn't give a rip about nothing anymore. It really doesn't. Now yours, God bless you, if you have a lot of motivation according to your thoughts. I got zilch. I got zilch. I could care less about building another campus, doing another thing. This, this guy has no motivation for nothing except taking a nap. But when I'm loved by the Father, I'm motivated for everything. I'm motivated for the first mile, and then I suggest the second mile. The beautiful thing is, you in your motivation in life, when you're loved by the Father, you'll do things that you don't think you even like to do. I'm preaching better than your shout. You will, you, will, you will give of yourself to people. You will give of your time. You'll give of your resources. You'll do things you don't even want to do. I'm living proof. Think about even coming to church on a beautiful day like this in the Bay Area, you know. A lot of people are compelled to go hike or something or take a walk or go golfing or something. Some of you this morning were compelled to come to church. Praise the Lord. Uh, did you do that out of just religious duty or was this a drawing of the Spirit or was this just a habit? But what was it? Why, why do some make it and some don't? A lot of times it depends on what you're compelled to do. Let me show you a couple little pictures real quick. Do we have a couple of those pictures? This is just a few weeks ago. Um, this is people in, in our Philippines going to uh, one of our churches. They walk two miles. There's no roads to it. Then you've got to cross a river. You know, to do that week in and week out would take the love of the Father. Yeah. I just don't think I could handle it. You know what I mean? Look at the next picture real quick. This is, you know, who compels you? No roads. You gotta buy, we buy horses for some of our team members and donkeys. So they can preach to people. You know why? Because the people in those mountainous areas are just as important as the people in the cities, right? Somebody has to be compelled to do that. Let's look at the next picture real quick. This is, this is an unreached group, the Nobi people. You know, who, who's compelled to reach unreached people? Where it takes a lot of work, a lot of time, a lot of money. This guy doesn't want to do nothing. This guy, I go the extra mile. I'll go reach people. It'll cost me a lot of money and I'll do it. So the key is understanding that you're wrapped by the Father to do what He wants you to do. Let's talk about another thing real quick. Go with me to Luke chapter 6, verse 29. Jesus said, whoever takes your coat 
go ahead and give him another one or do not withhold your tunic either. In other words, go ahead and just, you know, giving. What a, what a, what a bummer. You know, this guy, this guy doesn't want to give nothing most times. Because, you know, when you're absolutely surrounded, I was just in the refugee camps. I was so overwhelmed. I had these, these, these ladies come and handed me their newborn infants, put in my hands, asking me to take them, telling me they're mine, take them with you, you know. It, over, it overwhelms you, the needs that are so enormous of people, and you think, Lord, how do we, how do we even feed the folk? How do, we, how do we help the people? How do we give coats to the people? These things overwhelm this guy. And then, then if I stay in the flesh, I get, I get a little edgy. None of you have never known yourself edgy, though. But this guy gets a little edgy and frustrated in ministry. You know, I feel I have to be loved. Then I'm compelled. And God gives creativity. It's amazing. It's beautiful. Look, look at these next pictures here. This is at our center, helping all the Muslim people. So we, we help them. We'll go to the next picture. This is one of the... We, we, we provide apartments for people. We pay for the apartments because like 600 bucks a month. They sleep 10, 12 people on the floor. You know. Go to the next picture if we can real quick. This is one of our schools in Africa. The Life Unlimited School. Nigeria. 120 kids at our school. Go to the next picture if we can. This is our, our kids. Our life home that we have in the orphanage. This guy doesn't want to do none of it. None of it. But this guy, being loved, goes the extra mile and this guy gives extra. This guy gives the coat and gives the tunic and gives extra. This guy didn't want to give nothing. This guy would give everything. It's amazing how you can discern your heart many times by just knowing whether you're being loved. So for me in my life, when I'm grumpy, which Heidi could testify, but she won't. Hallelujah. <laughs> Extend your hands her way. Peace be still. Peace be still. But the thing is, when I'm grumpy, when I'm frustrated, when I, when I have a tendency to be uh, uh, carnal, It's when I need to be loved. The love of the Father fixes me. You know why? Because I judge thus. If one died, all were included. Everyone everywhere was included. Those people were included just as me. We have to announce the news. Look at another verse real quick. This is the words of Jesus. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 44. But I say to you, love your enemy. What a bummer. <laughs> Most of us can't even love our spouses very well. Sometimes we struggle loving our kids. Sometimes we struggle loving our grandkids. We can't even, we don't even love our co-workers half the time. Jesus said, love your enemies. What a bummer. This guy resisted. Because I got some doozies of enemies. I got some doozies. 
says, love your enemies. Then he says, bless those who curse you. You've got to be kidding me. So you have this guy come and just cusses you out upside down and said, man, that was awesome. Let's have lunch together. Glory. Just... Could, you, could you do this some more? It says, do, do good to those who hate you. How do you do that? How are you compelled to do that? Pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. To me, that's the easiest one. I can deal with that. But you know, if you only know yourself according to the flesh, you'll be vicious to people if you're vicious to yourself. But if you know yourself according to Christ, if you believe you are gift worthy, so are they. And God will give you a way to know how to reach them with seed thoughts, with seed ideas, with with something. But we live in a world that's very polarized. huh? We live in America that's very polarized. We live all over the world. It's just edgy. People, people, there's no conversations. There's no common communication. There's just agitation. And, and it's in the body of Christ. It's filtering everywhere. And there's got to be enough folks somewhere that live this way. Gift wrapped. And in the midst of all the pain, headache, heartache, we can be loved. And we can love those who even hate us. This is what I found so helpful. Look at, uh, look at uh, it says here in, let's go to a couple of those pictures. What's the next picture up? You know, we feed all kinds of Muslims and refugees and from all over the Middle East, thousands of meals. Go to the next picture if we can. We host all kinds of events. And a lot of times the events are for people that don't like me. Don't like what I believe, don't like what I preach. But we welcome and then they understand, wow, the love of God this guy shares is really something I can handle, I can bite, I can swallow, I can feed on. And they find transformation. So it's a beautiful thing. So being compelled to feed people who differ with you. Number four, real quick, being compelled to build or to build life centers or orphanages or churches. Be, being compelled, like your pastor mentioned, you know, uh, like even your, your building program and the announcement, debt-free and paid off years and years in advance. And the, the, these, are, these are beautiful assignments we carry, you know, as we carry the gospel. And sometimes you think, how in the world? You know, every time I've ever done something, built something, I think, how in the world is this going to happen? Because I, I always start from a deficit in my thinking, and then I'm interrupted with an idea, and I think, how? In, and this guy gets actually downright depressed. This, this guy, the guy that I know in the flesh wants to quit. All the time. But when I'm loved, in gift wrap, come on, let's rock and roll. Glory to God. God's going to make a way, huh? So this is the beauty of understanding when one died, all died. I was there. And when I see myself included, I see everyone included. I see my enemies included. I see them gift-wrapped as much of me, and this is the news I announce to them. They're redeemed innocents, and they look at you like you're a nut. It's beautiful. (laughs) Because you give them a truth that it requires faith to believe. Look at Jesus, talked, well, talked about this story in Luke 7 about this guy who built the church. He said, when they came to Jesus, they begged Jesus earnestly. This is a guy that needed a miracle. 
for his family. He said that the one for whom they should do this was deserving. Notice the, the disciples had a merit mindset. They thought in, in order to get the favor of Jesus, you had to be deserving. That is not a new covenant mindset. You don't have to be deserving. Jesus works with the undeserving. That's what grace is all about. It's, it's unmerited favor that you don't deserve, but you grant, you, you're granted because of the gift. The gift gives you grace. So why was this guy deserving in their mindset? For he loves our nation. Well, it's good to love the country, right? That's what everybody wants around the world, to love their country. And he built us a synagogue. Think this, this brother was loaded. He was bucks up. One brother built the whole thing. Wouldn't it be cool if one brother or one sister walked through the doors and just said, here's a pile of stat, cash, you know, and let me pay for everything and buy whatever you hearts, you know, one, 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 one brother. We'd all celebrate because we wouldn't have to give anymore. Hallelujah. This guy, this guy would jump up and down. Hallelujah. 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 Because, because when it comes to giving, this guy cries out. How many of you know I'm telling the truth? This flesh person weeps. Mine does because my, my flesh person is not giving. I don't have the gift of giving. Why are you all looking at me like that? I have the gift. Of, I have the gift of stingy. I have the gift of tightwad in my natural man. I'm talking about my natural man. If I know myself according to the flesh, but when I'm being loved and I'm gift wrapped and know myself, I'm the most generous guy I know. Say amen, Heidi. <laughs> I'm the most giving guy I know. I'm almost as giving as your pastor. Not quite, but I'm on my way. But I find that generosity in my life flows from being loved. This is why I build. Now, I'm not like the guy in, in, in the Bible. That, but this, I was just here in December. This is our newest church we built. It just was being dedicated and it's just being finished now. Now, did I want to build this church? This guy said, absolutely not. But this guy signed up for a bunch of them. So I'm building all of them. That's just one of them. We did. What's the next picture? This is our sanctuary. We've all just been rebuilt and redone. This our main campus there, Mutual Faith Campus. Let's go to the next. Uh, this is all... Uh, you know, stuff, uh, culvert and stuff. It's like half the length of a football field there had to be done. Let's go to another picture if we can. This is kind of the end of it. What else is there there? Oh, this is apartments now in Lebanon. These are some of the apartments. I was just there. All these would be filled with uh, Syrians or Egyptians. And, you know, we've got several of these. We house 50 people on our campus. Let's go to another picture if we can. This is a new home. I just started this this uh, month, March, March 1st. And uh, it's for a new home. I had to build a home separate for the girls and the guys. Let's go to another picture. This is a new sports court I'm building right now. I just started it this month. I presented all these things at our pastor's conference in January. And when the conference was over, uh, Heidi said to me, said, well, what, what ones are you going to do? I said, I'm going to do everything. She said, well, did you get any pledges for it? I said, no. But, but my, my, my heart compels me. I'm going for everything. I'm doing it all. I'm doing it all. We're rocking. So, so we do it. Now, this guy never wants to do nothing. Never. I have to fight this guy every day I wake up. Because when I look in the mirror, I see him. Oh, my goodness. 
I have to take time and be loved. That's right. And say, Father, you love me completely. You favor me abundantly. You bless me eternally. I'm compelled to build. I'm compelled to serve. I'm compelled to give. I'm compelled to go. I'm compelled to love my enemies. Thank you, Father. Today I'm well equipped for everything. Take time to be loved. If you don't take time to be loved, you'll never find the unction. In fact, you'll never find the faith. See, most Christian people think they have a faith problem. They always think they need more faith. I'm here to tell you, I don't think you have a faith problem. Not if you sit in this church. Not if you sit in this church. You don't have a faith problem. I think many people have a love problem. Faith works by love. Not by loving others. Faith works by being loved. This is how you're compelled. This is what triggers your faith. This is how you do impossible things that people say, How in the world do you do that? I say, I don't know. I don't know. But I know when I'm loved. I'm compelled because I've judged us. When one died, I died. I was included in him. God saw me in Christ at Calvary. And he saw you there too. So stop living disappointed. Stop being disappointed with the labels of your past and living according to the labels of your addiction, of your sin, of this, of that. Forget it. All this is covered eternally and forever in the Lamb. You're gift wrapped. You're that righteous. You're that loved. You're that redeemed. You are that blessed. Let me show you another picture real quick. I started this a month before last. Isn't that cool? It's in the Ivory Coast. (laughs) Oh, man. I told people I'd do that for years and never did it. This guy always balked. But this guy, man, I had a day at my conference. I was loved by the Father. And I triggered everything. I'm absolutely crazy and I love it. Let's go on to the next, uh, the next thought. Go with me to Luke chapter 14 and then I'm all done, I think. Luke 14 verse 23. The master said to the servant, go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in. That my house may be filled. Let me ask you this. You know, not, not, to be, not, not for you to be depressed about yourself. But for you to think. When somebody tells you you have to be compelled to witness, how does that make you feel? When somebody tells you you got to be compelled to invite people to church, how does that make you feel? Let me tell you, this guy, this guy just doesn't like an argument. He doesn't like a fight. He doesn't like to go public. So this guy finds creative ways to share the love of Christ. This guy, being equipped by the love of the Father, there's something that, that supernaturally happens that people see in you that's different from their own worldview that becomes inviting to them for the conversation, for the dialogue, for the point of prayer, for whatever it is, to invite people to come, let's say even to the church or like in this place, to this um, beautiful banquet, that the house would be filled. I find that the love of Christ compels me to share good news. When I live according to the flesh, I'm not compelled to share my faith. But when I'm living according to the gift, I'm compelled to share the love of Christ because I know they're included. As I am 
included. And this is the beautiful thing about believing. This is the beautiful thing about the gospel. Let me show you a couple of pictures real quick. This is our, our campus in Lebanon. It's always jam-packed. We, we turned away hundreds of people on the final night, hundreds and hundreds. It's, it's, it's unbelievable to me what, what the Lord does. And they're all Muslim people coming in, getting saved. Let's go to the next little picture. This is why we do seminars around the world all the time. And we're trying to teach people, Christian people, pastors, leaders. And that's why I'm excited about tonight. By the way, those, those of you that come tonight, I'm going to teach something that I've never taken public. What I'm going to teach tonight, oh my goodness sake, it'll just absolutely put a spring in your step, man. It, it, it's, it's, it's so absolutely beautiful and refreshing. But it, 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 it will show you what happens when you're compelled and then what, what the fruit of your presence, what the fruit of your life is as you go forth. Because I'll show you what you deliver. Amen. And what you deliver has nothing to do with you. What you deliver has everything to do with the Lamb. It has everything to do with grace. It's beautiful. So I don't want you to be discouraged about nothing in life, but I want you to be loved every day. I want you to not know yourself according to the flesh, because if you know yourself according to the flesh, you'll be disappointed. You'll not like yourself. You'll not enjoy your own company. You'll not like the people around you. You'll nitpick people to pieces. People that are always nitpicking people to pieces live in the flesh. If you're living gift-wrapped, being loved, you see people differently. In fact, you keep no record of the wrong. It's an amazing thing. The love of God, the love of God in Christ compels you to really reach into love in a wonderful way. Did you all like the word today? Give the Lord a shout. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory. Lift your hands to heaven. I'm going to uh, just pray for you. Father, these beautiful, beautiful kids of yours, thanks for letting me hang out with them. Father, you love us whether we like it or not. You love us even whether we believe it or not. You don't see us according to our frailty. You don't see us according to our sin. You don't see us according to our goofiness. You don't see us according to our humanity. You see us according to Christ. Help us to be comfortable with that. Help us to believe that the gift of Jesus indeed wraps us inside and outside. Let our minds, let our souls rest in the reality of Jesus is Lord of all. And that when Jesus died, we died with him. We died with him. We were buried with him. We were raised with him. Help us to believe. Father, help us to be compelled just to enjoy you. Help us to be compelled just to be loved. Help us not to work so hard. Help us to relax. Help us to say enough is enough. The Lamb, the Lamb is all. The Lamb is everything. Grace is all. Grace is everything. Help us to be free in the beauty of Jesus. Father, I pray that you compel these precious people with dreams you give them. Maybe it has to do with something in their family relationships. Maybe it has something to do with a dream, a desire, a new job, a, a career, a, a vision, an invention. Father, compel us. 
Help us, help us, help us, Lord Jesus, to be comfortable in you. Help us to be comfortable in your skin, not in our skin. Help us to be comfortable in the life of Jesus. Thank you that the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of Christ, is evident when we're gift wrapped. The fruit of the flesh is evident when we just live according to the flesh. We're angry. We want to cuss somebody out. We want to beat somebody up. We want to retaliate. We want to tell somebody off. Jesus, help us to be loved. Thank you for doing miracles in every person. I speak over your life, precious friend. Let Jesus give you perfect peace. Let Jesus restore your soul. Let Jesus heal your body. Let Jesus make you whole. Right now I decree it and I pray it and I announce the beauty of the Lamb over your life in Jesus' name. And all God's people said...